Hi, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the Endless Cells podcast. My name is Stephen, and I'm delighted again to be joined by John. How are you, John? I'm not too bad, Stephen. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. And also, welcome back to the show, Francis. He was on the third episode, I believe, and it was a brilliant episode, so hopefully more of the same today. How are you, Francis? Not bad, not bad. How's yourselves? Fine, just trying to struggle on three years lockdown. It's that's madness. So what about you, Joe? I'm the same, man. It's crazy. Just try, trying to keep the head on straight. You know what I mean, Francis? But we'll crack yeah. on with we'll crack on with the show and we'll go on to the <laughs> previous game. Now, in the previous game against Aberdeen, we won one nil. Edward scored, albeit a deflected goal. Now, this was the first game after Neil Lennon's exit of Celtic Football Club, and we're seeing John Candy take charge. Before I give my take on it. I want to hear what you think of the game itself, Francis. Do you think there was a, a contrast or a difference between the Neil Lennon team uh, in terms of the first half or second half performance? What's your opinion? To be fair, no. We seem to pass the ball in spells quicker. I'll say that much, but you get a lot of that when you just get a new guy, if you like. Appreciate Kennedy's obviously been there for a while, but and as a managerial side of things, it's a new guy and you sometimes just get that wee initial spark, but to be fair, it was in spells and very, not a lot of spells because compared to the Aberdeen game what, 10, 14 days ago, it was up, like Aberdeen were night and day. I thought they were a lot better without being outstanding. But I thought they kind of controlled a lot of the game, to be fair. Yeah. The, the, the way I looked at it as well, Francis, I, I don't know, I've seen a lot of people on social media. Now, this is a dangerous trap to fall, fall into, in my opinion, especially when it comes to Celtic. There's a lot of fans that saying there was a, a big difference in the first half performance saying Celtic accept the ball about. But again, it's about creating any chances and creating yeah. any opportunity. And I've, I've seen fans fans saying that they were happy with that performance. And if that starts to feed back to the Celtic board, then you're going to get the outcome of like, oh, John Candy's doing a job. Let's get him on a full-time basis. Albeit, we did score a goal for Edward, but it was a deflected goal. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was a good bit of mm. build-up play. Majority of people actually missed the goal due to the absolutely pissed connection that Celtic TV put out. <laughs> it's in terms of in terms of the game itself, John. What what did you take from it? I know it was just a, a drab one 0 victory in the end, especially the second half was a carbon copy of the previous game against Aberdeen. But what did you take away from it initially? Um, I don't. There wasn't much to really take away. Uh, like you said, Edward's goal. Um, was a deflection, you know, it wasn't a, a chance it was, uh, or a goal that he scored himself. Uh, it took a, an unlucky hit for Aberdeen uh, off one of their players. Um, and just minutes prior to that, uh, Aberdeen hit her crossbar, and if it wasn't for Bain um, pulling out an incredible save, uh, it would have been, uh, we would have been one down pretty early on. And again, that comes into the, the still obviously uh, defensive frailties in terms of getting the ball into your box. Um, I suspect that that is going to take time to change. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, so I kind of blame Kennedy for that. But what I wasn't happy was is that Kennedy has come in, taking the reins for Lennon. Uh, in terms of his team selection, Klamala was the only real surprise for me. Uh, but he set, he set the team up the same. Um, there was no, yes. there was nothing fresh. There was nothing new. He never tried anything different. Um, and I don't think that that is a sign uh, that things are progressing because. We we seen under Lennon um, that that isn't working for us. Um, that passing game, playing in front of the defence, that formation, uh, not having the width. Uh, so I was hoping, and we touched on this in the last podcast, uh, that we'd start uh, playing a little bit wider 
um, utilising uh, the the width of the pitch, but uh, that would never happen. So I was quite disappointed in that sense. Yeah, that, that's what that's what sorry, I took from it as well. And sorry, Francis, but that's what I took from it as well. In terms of the selection, I was kind of expecting from my um, predicted lineup in the previous previous podcast. I was expecting him to go back to natural wingers as well, bring in. Mickey Johnson, for example, but it seems like he's not in the pitch at the moment. Otherwise, he must be injured again. I don't know what's going on with him there. But as you said, Kamala for me was the only really surprise. I was happy that Kamala got a chance, but not in that kind of formation because I've seen a lot of feedback as well from fans on the Instagram page. Kamala is more of a he's a like a break the lines type striker. He needs balls played in front of him to run onto, and at the moment, sadly, don't suit his style of play. And that's a, that's a big thing for me with strikers. You, you need to suit how they play instead of doing all the tippy-tappy coming in the field and making it look nice but not really coming off anything. What, what do you think about that, Francis? I totally agree because to sort of go back on John Kent, not to try and defend him because like used to, I don't want him to take over, but to expect massive changes after one game, I think, is, is maybe a bit too much. I didn't expect really anything different uh, from the Aberdeen game. But yeah, going on to strikers, I think, like Klamala, I don't... I don't rate the boy, but it doesn't help if you're going to play that style. And I think he just really he prefers it on the shoulder, just get the ball line quick down the channels quick. And I think I think that would really suit his game. But that it's, we just we're not we've not got these type of players apart from Tumble really to do that. Mm. No, you're you're 100 correct in terms of that. But the way John said as well, I'm glad you brought up Scott Bean. I was actually watching Twitter with a bit of interest in terms of Scapi and made that good save, but it, it underpinned again the frailty Celtic face in the defensive side of things. It's like every time the ball goes in the box, they all panic, they don't know where to be or what to be at. I think the, the chance you're alluding to, John, I'm pretty sure there was uh, two headers in that chance. Yeah, one there was across that. the box. Yeah, and the other guy won it again. I'm sure yeah. it was the same boy twice. Yeah, that's like, it's it's it's... In terms of the defensive side of things, you expect John Kenley being there that amount of time. He should know that's what he, he should be working on first. If he wants to stake a claim as trying to impress the Celtic fans or make an impression to get the job, he should be making them changes or at least showing that he's willing to try something new. And as you said, yeah. John, go back to the diamond formation. It just points to the, the fact that he's just copying what Neil Lennon was doing and that's the, the same way it's going to be until the end of the season. In terms of Scott Bain, Francis, I'll throw this to you. This really annoyed me. I was listening to certain people say that Scott Bain, if they play the ball in the back kind of style, like the Rogers style, he could be Celtic's number one. And I, I made the point of pointing out there's far better keepers in the SPFL that plays for lower clubs in Celtic and they're better than Scott Bain. Where do, where do you stand on the goalkeeping situation at Celtic at the moment? It's, it's almost like we've got three number threes. It's madness because I mean, Scott Bate well, he's been number one number two you can say that for the three of them they've always been number one at one point number two and then number three but yeah if we're going to play like the passing possession game I agree that is the best for that but we've never really been about getting it and playing it out for the back and when Neil Lennon first came came back in that was all he was always for wasn't really interested in playing the ball at the back he was just getting the ball forward quick I just I don't understand why we'd need to play it from the back when you've if not got the players for a start to do that. Just get it get it no. forward quick, especially when our defence is that bad. Get it away from them. Yeah, you you kind of want it as far away from the defence as possible. <laughs> you're playing the ball in the back. You're putting Stephen Wilson, Chris Iyer in trouble. Albeit that Chris Iyer mm. is good at trouble with the ball, but you can't rely on that all the time. No. And what annoyed me the most was 
Now, I'll bring this point to you, John, because I think Barkas is quite interesting. I, I, look, I looked up a bit of stats about him. He played in the, he's played in the Champions League. He's won trophies with AAK Athens, and he, he actually played against us in a couple of um, qualifying rounds when they actually put us out, funny enough. And he's the, the Greek international goalkeeper. To me, it doesn't point that he's a bad goalkeeper, that he's not exactly settled at Celtic. Do you think it's underpinned by the coaching that he's had, or do you just think it's a mentality issue with Barkas? Uh, it could be a combination of things. Uh, like you said, if you look at his uh, his career stats and everything else, the fact that he's an international goalkeeper, um, that he's got the Champions League experience, you'd expect him to be a lot better than he is, or at least he has been with us. Uh, it could be an issue that he's failing to settle. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time a player's come in, um, an international player's come in and not being able to settle. Um, and it could be the coaching as well. Um, but... I mean, the fact that, like, like you touched on, uh, the fact that we've got three keepers, essentially, like uh, Francis says, that are essentially number threes, uh, is something that drastically needs to change going forward, uh, regardless of whether you think uh, Barkas is the guy to go forward or Bain's the guy to go forward. Uh, we definitely need a new keeper, and maybe even two. Yeah. Yeah, See, I, I, would, I, I would be trying happens. to give Barkas a chance, because, like, like Stephen alludes to that, it... And yourselves on his stats back him up as a good goalkeeper, and maybe he just hasn't settled. Like obviously he's came over when and we've been in and out of lockdowns. I don't know. I might just be making excuses for him. I don't know if his family's here, but like we spoke about it before, John, it, it Scott sort of resembles to me like David De Gea at Man United when he first came in. He was just battered off everybody in the middle, not being good enough, not being good enough, and Alex Ferguson stuck by him and looked where he. Look where it got to. And I'm not comparing them to David De Gea. It's just the actual situations. There's a lot yeah. of similarities for me. But I wouldn't I mean, say the, way... the coaching's poor. Because, I mean, Stevie Woods is probably one of the best goalkeeping coaches going. For me, anyway. No, I, so. I definitely agree uh, with Woods. Um, but, like, the, at the end of the day, um, he's only one coach out of many. Um, and, the as we know, the coaching setup at Celtic uh, since... <laughs> the likes of Rogers and Duff and all that have left uh, uh, has been a wee bit lacklustre. So uh, there might well be a player there, um, but do you, do you take that chance? Do you run that risk? Uh, it's, that's a massive risk, I agree. But it, the way you look at it as well, there's no risk now until the end of the season. Throw him in, give him the last seven games and see yeah. if he comes up with some sort of performances. And uh, the, you actually make an interesting point that the, the Gaia situation, I remember that. I used to actually slag the mate about him, saying he's a he's a woeful goalkeeper, but he's maybe the words. But in, in in terms of like the likes of De Gea and the likes of Barkas, I'm not obviously comparing the two keepers. No no chance. But you need you need a manager to have faith in you and not drop you every time you have a bad game. And you've seen that with Neil Lennon previously, saying he's going to be my number one. Plays him two games and drops him for <laughs> Scappy. Yeah, he wasn't even in the picture for the League Cup final. It was um, uh, Scottish Cup final. Sorry, it was uh, Hazard. Yeah. So. The, the the way you look at it there is they don't trust the, the coaching staff don't trust the goalkeeping uh, people we're having at the moment and John I'm actually glad Stevie Woods has been there for years and he nurtured Fraser Foster and Craig Gorney brought him back to health and he's a fantastic goalkeeping coach I don't put any blame on him at all I just think that these players aren't given enough faith and it, it baffles me how Hazard was dropped for Scapian as well I mean Hazard uh, fair, fair enough he had a few wee flaps and stuff but he seemed to have all the makings of a good co- goalkeeper. He, he's well built. He's tall, like like Fraser Foster. But and I don't know where Sally's going at the moment. That brings me on to the John Candy issue itself. 
Now, I've, I've seen over the weekend a, f- a few people kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, give him the chance and see how it goes. But I said it before, Francis, it's kind of a dangerous trap to fall into if you're going to give John Candy a chance because I'm pretty sure the Celtic board is watching everyone's reaction with interest to see if they think they can get away with the cheap option. Is that what you, you think they're trying to do, Francis? I, I hope not. I hope not because... I think we can all agree that the the way the board have treated the fans hasn't been great and they just seem they're not the same wavelength with the fans so I'm hoping that they're looking at social media I know they're going to pick our manager on social media but I hope they're picking up on the sort of vibe that the majority of the fans don't seem to want Kennedy around it's, it maybe is a wee bit unfair to blame a lot on him because we don't know how much he's had but I just think we need a new guy in with fresh ideas but I think his interview after the game Maybe pointed towards that he's not staying because I'd like to think the board have told him that he's got a chance of staying or he's not got a chance of staying. Like either way, he knows if he's got to be there, or if he gets positive results from here to the end of the season, that he'll be considered. Or he's been told, look, you're here to stay the ship till we get the guy in. But I just felt like yeah. when he was asked the question about is this sort of like a job interview, just the comment is saying, oh, it's too early for that. For me, I'm hoping that's. As terrible as it sounds, I'm hoping that's him being told that he's only here to stay of the ship until we can get a new guy in. Yeah, I, I mean, the whole thing with John Kennedy as well, he's been there for years now, so if the Celtic board trusted him at any point, he would have been given the chance when Rodgers first left. And yeah. Going back, to, going back to these last seven games, it's a bit like when, remember Mowbray got sacked and Neil Lennon took over? Yeah. And then he oh, got the job. It just mirrors that. <laughs> yeah, it does mirror that situation. And it's something that I really hope I really hope doesn't happen. And I'm, I'm sure you're with me on this as well, John. But obviously we've had time to reflect. But, John, can you see Kennedy being there next season? Or do you think, as Francis said, he's gone? I think he's gone. I, I mean, I would be extremely surprised if the board uh, elected to, to, to keep him on. I mean, if you want to keep him on in the, a coaching capacity or whatever, then, like, that's different. But I'd, I'd, I'd prefer him uh, to, to, to not be there. Uh, we need. I think everything needs to be completely fresh. Um, and like Francis stated earlier, uh, you're not expecting everything to change overnight, and it's not going to be the same for Kennedy. But I was expecting a wee bit more creativity, something fresh, something trying, something different. Um, but again, I believe, uh, and I said this before as well, I believe that Kennedy, along with Lennon and Strachan and everybody else, uh, is was part of the problem. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's definitely not the answer. Uh, there'll be a, a considerable backlash of the majority, if not all, of the Celtic fans if he's announced. Because we need yeah. we need significant changes throughout the club, top to bottom. Bring back Damien. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen last night as well, and Francis and John. <laughs> but apparently, Nicky ha- Nicky Hammond and Penrice are going to be leaving uh, before Kids. the end of the season. So the head scout and the chief, the head of recruitment, is going to be leaving. Well, that's rumours at the moment, not confirmed. And I do hope yeah. that happens because their track yeah. record has been absolutely oh, abysmal. Abysmal, absolutely in, abysmal. Yeah. In terms of, as you said, like the backlash that the board would face if John Kenny was just was appointed as manager, it, it would be it wouldn't even be worth it because the season tickets alone would just drop through the roof. You, they need something to entice the fans back. And another thing that I was going to allude to as well. The amount of players or potential players that could be leaving Celtic in the summer is is mad because if you look at it, including the loans, there's Edward who possibly possibly be away. Christie looks like he'd probably be away as well. A lot of fans have lost faith in him. 
and Chris Iyer. Now, it brings me on to Chris Iyer. It, he just looks head and shoulders above anything we have at the moment. And how hard, how hard is it going to be to replace him? I'll throw that to you, Francis, in terms of the rebuild we're going to face. Where, where can we start looking? I, I honestly don't know, because I think these last sort of a few weeks, we've just realised how... I'm not just realised how good a player, but he has, like you say, just looks head and shoulders, like he's trying to take responsibility for everything and maybe give the players around them maybe a kick up the arse, but it's just, I don't, I don't know how you'd replace that t- that level of player. I really don't. Not You're not going to do it for a couple million anyway. That's the, that's the thing I'm worried about. It's sadly going to go down the road of sacrificing a couple of seasons worth of silverware just to build the team again. Would that be something that would sit well with you, Francis, or would you expect them to be going straight back in there competing for silverware? What, what way would you take that? Uh, I, I, it's a hard one. I, 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 want, I want to go back to winning straight away. I want to win, I want to win next year. I, it's, yeah. You just don't want Rangers winning anything. It doesn't matter. Like if you told me oh, for two or three seasons we'll not really win anything, but in two or three years we'll have what a great team. Or offer me just start winning like one or two, like the league, maybe a league cup every other season. I, I give me that. Give me winning the league yeah. constantly. Would you be on the same boat, John? Yeah, you know, I, d- I definitely think we need to get back to 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 winning um, straight away. We can't afford to let Rangers get a foothold in the league again. So and it, the it, Champions it, League money as well. So exactly. Can't that. And the other thing is, is again, I mean, fair play, right? We've said this before as well. Rangers have they've not lost a league game yet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so on paper. It looks like they're having a fantastic season. Uh, but we need to remember that they, they've scraped an awful lot of results, right? They've had a lot of decisions. I mean, it's not really a conspiracy. You could, you could argue this anyway, and I'm sure people would, but they're, they're, they've had a lot of decisions go their way. Uh, players that haven't been sent off when they should have been. Uh, retrospective action being taken after the fact. And it's we, this season... We've made them look far better than they are. I mean, and you you look at how terrible we are, right? That that even that second goal for them game that we played um, was a better team for sixty minutes. For the the, the the entire game, right? They they never registered a shot on target, much like we did in their first game. But that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. But to still lose when you completely played them off the park, um, it showed that they're only the team that they think they are. Um, and I think they're extremely lucky that we have had the disastrous season that we have. Oh, so no, I don't. I definitely don't want them because I mean they're obviously going to be in a high after this season. Uh, they're getting the. I mean they're doing fairly well in the Europa League. They're getting a, a fair chunk of money coming through. They'll probably try and strengthen. Um, so we need to make sure that we're not letting them get ahead of us. And I know it's going to be a, a, a bit of a rebuild for us, like you says. Um, losing the likes of Edward potentially higher as well, which I definitely hope doesn't happen because, like you say, it's going to be hard to replace him. And he showed time and time again, like you said, he's he's head and shoulders above everybody else in that uh, the team at the minute. And he, he's got all the makings of a captain. Um, he's he's uh, been phenomenal. Totally agree with um, but uh, yeah, I, I I mean I'm under the illusion that the, 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 a rebuild is going to need to be happening. But I'm hoping, and again this comes back down to the board uh, and. I'm sure. I'm hoping anyway that Dominic has got a considerable say in this. But we need to start. We need to be looking to bring players in straight away, and none of this 
given it a couple of seasons, nonsense. But that, that's that's the worrying part for me because if you think now the recruitment side of things has to be key, and still there's no confirmation about any shortlist drawn up of a manager or any interviews taking place, and you're almost looking at it being like, what what can we expect? And the the rebuild, I know people are fed up hearing it, and trust me, I've been there myself. But it's very very true. We're going to be facing one of these summers where it's like. The recruitment is critical because if you're going to lose the level of player of Ayer, Christie, Edward, plus all them loan days, even though a few of them have been absolutely, yes, that's the shambles, but we'll mm-hmm. go into that. But you're losing all them players and you're losing the nucleus of a team. Scott Brown's coming towards the end of his career. You need, you need the recruitment to be spot on. And the fact that they've let this drag on so long really irritates me because you're looking across the city and you look at their form in Europe and you're thinking to yourself, we have a better squad all round than, than they do, and we get pumped out of Europe at early stages. What, what, why do you think that happen, happens, Francis? Is, is it just a thing with Celtic over the years, do you think? I think a bit, but the plant, like you say, the, the sort of rushed inside, and just, it's the gamble every time on the team we've got to get, we'll get through a round, so we'll sign a player. Get through that round, we'll sign another player. And it seems to be, they never seem to bring in three or four boys get them in early, get a good pre-season and then go. Cause I don't know why you don't try and do this in January because especially when your season was pretty much dead in the water in January, just try and get boys in and get them planned and get them get them up and running. Just it's ready for pre-season, kick off the qualifiers and go, try and go for them. But I don't, it's just, it's, it's deja vu. It's every season with them. Every season it seems yeah. to happen in the summer. They never seem to get a transfer over the line quite quick. Again, this this comes down to the the board as well, and it wasn't any any different under Rogers. And the the the, I mean, the money needs to be made available, and you need to have faith in the manager, um, and whoever the director of football is, whoever your head of recruitment is, whoever these people are going to be going forward, Mm -hmm. giving them complete control. Um, Hopefully, we'll all know being there that he's not going to be sticking his nose in, um, and and taking a role that's not his anyway and hopefully like you say as the director of football we get in the manager we get in any any sort of uh, scouting um, sort of guys that are brought in all work together um, and, and push to get deals out of the line because you've seen us uh, and we've touched on this before as well it's not that we're no finding good players but we're no willing to spend on them uh, yeah. true. I, th- I think a big part of that as deal. well I think go ahead sorry no, so it was just, uh, it was just kind of just uh, with John one, just uh, just get the deal done. If the team wants this yeah. money, it's not stupid. Just well, get the deal done. A big part of that as well, you you look at the deals we've lost over the years, Stephen Fletcher, John McGinn, their the names sprang out as the, yeah. among others. But a thing that as well, I touched on the previous podcast, Dermot Desmond ha- hasn't actually invested his own money in Celtic in years. Do you know what I mean? So they're relying on outside revenue to get us through seasons and they're relying on player sales to get transfer budgets, which only points to the fact that you, you look you look at it in terms of selling these key assets. Are they relying on that, that money coming in to be invested back into the team to buy new players? And it's, it's so frustrating because the scope of Celtic Football Club, regardless of the league or state of play we're in, is bigger than most clubs in European or world football. That includes down in Premier League and all the end source of levels. And I'm not going to back away from that because it's very, very true. And I hate to see the likes of Ayer want to leave so early in his career 
from Pong to an extent, even though he made a balls up of his interview, which I don't understand what he was trying to get that get get that uh-huh. saying that it's normal. It's normal for a team like Celtic to have a drop off, but he's only been there five minutes. And then uh-huh. you, you almost look at it as well the, the wasted youth over the years. It's it just points to just complete neglect of the youth academy. And I know we've seen KT, Kieran Tierney, McGregor, Forrest, but you never see strikers or you just. Where's the coaching of them players that come up for come up for the ranks? Uh, what what do you think, Francis? Do you think we're going to rely on you, or do you think we're going to spend big? I would, in an ideal situation, you would go a mixture of both, because it's always nice to see, regardless of what team it is, it's nice to see boys coming through the academy. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's possibly just maybe the coaching at the academy is not good enough for some of these boys, but it's just maybe the level of players not good enough. I really don't know, but. I would hate to, like, I, I don't think just the youth is always answered because if you really look at Celtic, there's not the really, like you say, Kieran Tierney, McGregor, Forrest off the top of it, and Kieran, uh, uh, Kieran Tierney. It's, it's not a lot of youth players we've had that went on to be superstars. Andy Robertson's the only one I can think that's left that we've neglected, him and Shea Gavin, really. But I Shea Gavin, the other big one. Throughout the years, there's only, well, let's say, Shea Gavin and Andy Robertson that have left what was released for the Youth Academy and they went on. Andy Robertson got having a fantastic career. Shea Gavin had a really good career as well. But apart from that, it's maybe just a level of player isn't good enough. But the, the way I look at it as well, Francis, I'll come on to you in a wee second, John, but the way, the way I look at it as well, look at Stephen Wells, perfect example. Would he have been given a chance at Celtic in the first team if them injuries didn't happen or the players weren't playing well? I don't think so. No. And then that would no, be another, another case. And that, that would be another case of another player leaving Celtic without getting a chance. And he, he may not he may have not had a brilliant career, but you have to give these players a chance to see if they can pull on that shirt and play. Because you, you look at the likes of players we have at the moment. We've got Carmel Gutenbelli, who can't get a sniff. Armstrong Wogelflex. They bought Luca Connell from Bolton, and he's been nowhere to be seen. And uh-huh. he was he was start he was starting for Bolton in League One. Granted, it's not a high level, but he must have something about him. Something. Uh, what, what what do you think, John, in terms of in terms of the strategy going forward? Then I I, I agree. I'd, I'd like to see a mixture of both. We definitely need to bring in bigger players to to, to replace the guys that we're going to lose, Edward, uh, potentially Ayer and stuff like that. We need to strengthen our defence first and foremost. I think. Um, I mean, Welsh is a good case. He's came in and he's been a breath of fresh air, and he's 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 doing his job. Um, and and he was, I think, like he's mentioned, he was lucky that we've well we've been in the position that we're in, uh, and he, we've not had anywhere else to really turn to. But it has showed that there is players in their youth setup who are capable, um, and I'm sure that the same could be said for many other guys. And you touched on. Uh, Guys that have come through um, are very few and far between. Or any really going to day anything with their careers, um, we've let some slip through the net, and it'll probably it'll happen again. And I don't know if that's due to whether or no it's just whether, like you said, is it is it the players just know um, up to that level, or is it that the guys we've got in our coaching setup uh, where youth guys only seeing what other people are seeing? Because like you say. Shea Gavin and Andy Robertson are perfect examples. We, we, our guy, our, our, our uh, backroom uh, and the, the, the guys in charge of the youth set up didn't see it and, and were willing to let them go. But look at the careers they went on to have. Yeah. So I don't know if a problem, like, I could be wrong, but 
Is there a reserve league now? I don't think there's a, a reserve league. There is league. no. So some of these guys might be looking at that going, well, um, it also goes back to the bit, you know, getting a sniff in the first team, but uh, see, they're just not getting football full stop. So like, well, I need to go somewhere to try and get a career in the game. Well, I've seen, I seen there recently there was an article published that the Celtic Colts or the Celtic board even are willing to spend upwards of £3 million to get them into the lower leagues. Yeah. along with other clubs. I mean, that for me would be a good move, but at the same time, should they get special treatment because of Celtic Colts and that type of thing? I, I, it's a big debate for the lower leagues to have. But I think, uh, for me, and personally, being greedy and selfish, you want to see Celtic young players doing well. And if that 100%. means go down, go down to mean, the leagues. And... We... Go ahead. Spain, do it. Uh, think, that's Germany, do it. Italy, do it. Uh, they've all got I know that, sort of B teams and and, and stuff and like that in the league. Aye, and and they they obviously they can only hit a certain point. They can't get promoted can't after a certain point. point. But I think it would be a good thing for our lower league teams because we know Scottish league isn't the most glamorous, right? And there's no much money in it. But the likes say a Celtic Colt team in the lower leagues uh, can help because you're going to hear fan base there as well, exactly. And they're bringing in money to these other clubs, so I can't see why they wouldn't like it. Um, if they're if you're being realistic, like you just said there, Franny, it's money, and uh, you've got Celtic fan base would go and watch local low league games uh, if the Colts were playing. I know I would. I, de- I definitely would. Oh, I definitely would. Exactly. I th- so I think I- it's it's an interesting prospect, isn't it? Because the, as you said, Spanish teams, uh, German teams, Italian teams, they all do it, and it seems to work well. And they always produce good players. And then you also have to add in the factor as well. The the selling value of them players as they get older could make Celtic money in the long run too. So you have to think about it in both aspects. Now, in terms of the way Celtic are going at the moment, man, managerial candidates is something that keeps getting popped up every other day. But I know John wants Eddie Howe and he's been quite vocal about that and I'm on the same boat myself. I'll come to you, Francis. Give me two names that you would like to see being considered or interviewed for the Celtic job. Eddie Howe and... I mean, I've got to say Martinez. Just, I don't think it would happen, mm. but I'll say Martinez. I'm simply not saying Benitez because I just don't think it will ever happen. No, nah, I don't, I don't, that I don't that think way. that would happen. I, it's, in terms of Eddie Howe, then, is that your first choice, Francis? Yeah, because I think we've got to be, I think we've really got to be realistic where we're at. And I don't, I mm-hmm. like, I just, like Ross touched on the Rogers one, Rogers needed us, we needed somebody big. And it just, yeah. It was almost written in the stars. It was there. He needed a way back in. But I just, I think we really need to think at a level. I wouldn't be surprised if you end up with a Frank Lampard because the board might look at what happened <laughs> at Rangers with Steven Gerrard and uh, go, we'll try it with Lampard. I hope not. I hope not. But, but I hope but that's, we'll that, that's the thing, Francis. If, if, you let, if you're led to believe by ex-players who played on their third at Rangers, it's not even him that's a mastermind. It's his assistant manager, Michael Bale. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one that pulls the strings and he's just the figurehead, the puppet, so to speak. Yeah. In terms of the Roberto Martinez situation, that's been seen to gather in pace ever since Sean Maloney appeared on Celtic TV. And apparently he's only being paid 1.2 million euros in the Belgium setup. I don't think that would be out of our our, our possibility to sign. And no, if you look he at the, what they paid, uh, what was it, Rogers was on just shy three, was he not, a season, I think. Yeah, he was, yeah. See, I think Matt, like Martin is is obviously a big name, and he's been linked with us before he even got the Belgium job. He's, he's been uh, linked with us for years. Um, 
but where he is at the minute and the team he's in charge um, I can't see it happening but then how many more chances has Belgium got this team's getting older now so there's yeah. a few goals at major championships I don't know but I just wonder if it has a successful major championship so like for other teams maybe in Italy and Germany not saying they're massive massive clubs but some other teams might have a wee look at them I'm sure Matt is probably looking at his Belgian side the same way most people looking in are and that it's probably if the top three or if not the best international yeah, side in the world at the minute. So there's every chance that they've got uh, the next Euros, next World Cup. That I'm sure he'll be wanting to Aye. see if he can take them to that. So try to pry him away for that when this is the best chance Belgium have had in, in their life uh, and it might be That's the last. Be so... And again, I know Maloney's uh, assistant in that setup, uh, and but he's also uh, been a significant figure at Celtic. And there's no internationals happening at the minute, so bringing in somebody uh, as a pundit, people people put two and two together and get five man. It's, Aye, it's ridiculous. Tosh McKinley was on as well. Was that, does that mean he's going to be? Is he going to be the next manager? Yeah, maybe stick the nut in a few. Maybe stick the nut in a few of them. <laughs> I heard I heard Tosh McKinley for director of football, but who knows? <laughs> but in terms of the both in terms of both candidates, sir, I, I'd be happy with both. And I think Roberto Martinez's wife lives in Scotland, so I, was, I don't know. I maybe she's Motherwell or something. I think. Yeah, maybe there is a link. Maybe there's something we can't say. Nice. But another an, another thing as well that I found quite interesting. Apparently, there's a Twitter and page that, that's linked to Dermot Desmond directly. Apparently, through one of his sons, and there was mm-hmm. a. a a tweet on it that's been circulated around Twitter saying the Celtic uh, candidate hasn't even been mentioned yet in terms of odds or betting and he's an experienced coach who has experience in England and he's working abroad at the moment so I I, I don't know what you could take from that and mm. where that's going to go but obviously but in the same vein Stephen I've also heard that Eddie Howe's practically already on the line um, and he's getting announced tomorrow tomorrow? Well, Aye, it was getting announced on Thursday. There was a rumour I heard uh, that obviously it won't be until the end of the season, but the that it's out of the line. It was hopefully. getting announced tomorrow. I mean, uh, yeah, I hopefully. I mean, I'd love to see. It. I can't see it happening. I'd, I'd, um, be, I'd be very surprised. I, honestly, I think we're going to end up with Stevie Clark or something. I like Stevie, oh, but again, and we touched know. on this last time. He he's made it perfectly. He's made it clear numerous times. I can't. I can't see how it's going to happen eh? after his comments and stuff. Sectarian yeah. stuff. Yeah, I just don't. See and the, the, I mean, like I said, you're going to get every name under the sun. Like Cherry Henry's been linked with it, and it's like. See, I heard that one, and it was the Cherry Henry one that I found interesting because I don't like. I think Edward will leave, but if Cherry Henry came in, and he said, yeah, Look, I, want you to be, "I want you," I will. Hi. <laughs> he was like, and if he came out and said, to "Edward, no, I want you to be my main man," and the Cherry Henry's a legend in France, and Edward could maybe be sitting there and go well. I'm getting played under Henri, but my knowledge of Terry Henry's managerial record is rubbish and rotten, I think. I don't think I he's don't that great. I don't know how he's done either. But, I mean, the fact he that got... he was playing in America uh, and he's now left that position, wouldn't he say that he was doing particularly great? Correct. Um, now, what, a name like Henri, and I guess the same goes to Lampard, is they're big names and they've got connections, Aye. right? So you might look at it and say, same with Gerard at Rangers, um, it'll help you maybe get players in because of who they are. Mm-hmm. People maybe want to work under them or he's part, like they've got similar agents and they, they know other people who 
can get people through the door, where, mm. which on paper sounds great, but ideally, I want a manager first and foremost, not just a name. Aye, no, yeah. totally. I don't I, want I think to be ter- taking risks. Uh, no, definitely not, Francis, especially now. I, I think in terms of Henri himself, he got sacked a month ago, and he went to America, and I don't think he done too well there. And another another name that popped up during the week, and I love Paul Lambert, but seeing, seeing I've seen his oh, name please, myself, no. Then I seen his name like the Sally job. I could I could have sunk onto the floorboards. I, yeah. I just it, it's not one for me. And I'm glad he came out and said he wouldn't take it because he didn't want to, he wouldn't want to tarnish his reputation with the fans. Fair play him for that, and uh-huh. that's great. He's come he's come out and said that. In terms of the Eddie Howe thing, I'm actually really interested, John, of what, what you John, said. It's I'm not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I go be up tomorrow morning and sound like that on the stocking stains to see if the <laughs> But in, in terms of Eddie Howe or Roberto Martinez, for me, I'd be happy with any of them. And if that yeah. proves that that's coming through tomorrow, John, I mean, yeah, fair pity, you must have links deep inside Celtic Park. I'll give you that. But uh-huh. t- we'll, we'll look across. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll look ahead to the next game against Dundee United at Tannadice. I'll go to you, Francis, first. Obviously, at the moment, we kind of know what they expect, but can, can you see any changes coming in, even to the lineup? Are, are you expecting anything like experimental in, in terms of that? Uh, I think he might just stick with the same team. I like just the exact same team as uh, on Saturday there. Um, I wouldn't mind him trying to maybe go wide and maybe bring in a Mikey Johnson. Like we, say, we don't know if he's fit or not. Like play him on the right and El Yunusu on the left, or even just yeah. bring in. Dembele and put him out in the right and uh, put him on uh, put Elionis on the left to try and get just go back to that four two three one, but I I just think it will be the diamonds with the two up top again. I just think it really neutralises all the threats that we have because I think Turnbull could thrive so much in a, in a wide formation. The passes he could pick out would be unbelievable, yeah. especially players players on the wing. And then another thing of one of my bugbears, sorry fellas, but. Another one of my bugbears is, see when Celtic do play wingers, they never stay out and make the pits wide. They're coming in and narrowing up the pitch. Uh, and it's like the right and left back get forward as well. Yeah. It's 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 almost like they forget how to play wide. or yeah. The basics of crossing the ball or trying to whip a ball in seem to be beyond thing for Celtic players at some points. In, in terms of the game, John, yourself, what what are you expecting from the game against Dundee United? Uh, I think I agree. I mean, I can't see much changing. I was a bit optimistic, I guess, saying that we've got to go four four two or just try something different, maybe even a four two three one, like he says. Uh, try something fresh, just try something different, try and bring width back to the game. But seeing that he put out the same diamond formation and very little in terms of changes, I can't see it changing at all. I suspect it's probably going to be the same. Uh, maybe yeah. he'll, he'll, he'll change the striker, uh, starting strikers again. Maybe it'll be. Yeti instead of Clamalla or maybe hopefully fingers crossed if he's going to stick with that Griffiths aye um, but I mean I, I, I just don't see anything changing and I'm, I just I'm at the stage the new where I just can't be asked that <laughs> could change the moral John if you're if, if, I, if I'm listen if, if I'm right, right I'm going to be kicking myself man because I should have put <laughs> But in terms of the game itself, I mean, you, you look at you look at that, and again, back to John Kenley as maybe future manager or something. That for me, playing the diamond again, like he did against Aberdeen, points that there's no ideas within the current coaching setup. 
if if it's me, you or John sitting in that dugout, and we know that diamond's not working anymore, you're going to revert back to something more attacking, more flair players on the pitch, wingers, get get the ball in the box, get some goals. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't understand why a, a normal Celtic fan can see that from the outside, and the management team seem to be obsessed with putting all these number 10s out in the pitch, and they're all fouling the ball at once, and it looks like they're doing a dance at some points because they're all in lanes of each other, and it's like, you need players to, to make runs, and they make chances, and that's where I think Kamala falls down because I watched him. I was actually watching him of interest against Aberdeen, and he did make some runs from out the end, and he was trying to get in between the, the centre halves, but there was just no one laying the balls through because everyone was going side to side. I think there's a player in Kamala, and I do want to see him stay in the lineup. And I know there's a lot of people who say his first touch is a tackle, and but there was one point. I know this is just one point out of probably two or three in the match, but. The, he, the ball came over to him and he just whipped the ball over his head straight to Edward's feet. If, if that's the oh, type of thing. Yeah. Like it could have been a good pass as well, that one. I don't know. That yeah, one I mean, if, if, if that's the type of thing that he's doing in training and he's, he's, he's just itching the show, then keep him on the pitch. Again, it's just showing players' faith. And we've looked at Jetty. He seems to be coming in and he's playing good at stages and he looks overweight and he's, people are saying he's not fit. But I just think that's his build. As people as um, said before, he's a Gary Hooper, a striker. Yeah. In, in, in terms of the score prediction, I'll go to you, Francis, first. What, what we're going for, your score predictions and your goal scores? Uh, I'm going to say a 2-0. I think it'll be fairly comfortable 2-0. Not an exciting, but just... A, Dundee United are playing better, but I think it just... I, I'm going to go give Celtic the benefit of go we 2-0. And I think... Clamala and Christie cover balls. Nice. And what about yourself, John? Um, I would say 2 0 as well. Um, again, it depends entirely on what, what he's going to do with the lineup going forward, like who, who's going to start. Uh, I think uh, when it's, I, I would say Eddie and Clamala if we go by the same team. Eddie, come on, no problem. And my well, my predictions have been quite just safe at the moment. I'm going to go for a two-one to Celtic. I just think there's a goal to be conceded again, and I know we've kept clean sheets, but Aberdeen haven't scored well. They scored one goal in about six or seven games, and they're not too excited at the moment. My goal scores for me will be Turnbull and Kamala. I think I'm just going to go outside the box on that one because there's nothing really exciting at the moment <laughs> to excite Celtic fans. In terms of the lineup predictions, uh, John, what 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 do you, what have you gone with? Uh, like I say, I can't see anything changing, so uh, I think we're going to stick to the diamond. It'll be the same again. Bain, uh, Kenny, uh, Welsh, Ayer, uh, still, I'm assuming Taylor's still out at the minute, so Lack's out. Um, I'd like to see Sorrow start. Um, again, McGregor. I don't want to see Christie on the park. I want to see... To, to, Stick with Turnbull. I, I mean, I want the Elinusay play as well. I think we've got the outstanding player in Elinusay, but he's not getting enough stats or enough games. Mm-hmm. And we're not playing a formation that ideally suits him. So, But, I mean, I'd put him in because, like I said, he's capable of scoring. And I'm hoping Edward and Griff. But, again, I don't think anything's going to change for the last game. No, you're probably, you're probably correct on that point. What about yourselves then? I'm just. I think it'll be the exact same team as as Saturday. So lacks out for the same reason as John. I just. I don't know if Taylor's back in yet, and I think he'll just. Unfortunately, I think he'll stick Christie in and Tumble, and it'll just 
it'll sort of null uh, tumble a wee bit because the two of them will try and take up the same position and it'll just not get enough out of tumble again. And then I think it'll just be Edward and Clamal up front. So just I'm going for the exact same team as against Aberdeen. I think no problem. I'm going to go for Bain and Ned, Kenny right back, Welsh, Ayer, Laxalt. Sorrow to come back in because he's not, he's not done that wrong to be dropped, to be fair. Um, Turnbull on the right-hand side of the diamond, McGregor on the left, and Moy at the point of the diamond, so I want to see at number 10. And then Eddie and Kamala up top. The reason the reason I put Moy in there is exactly what John said. It's, he's a goal scorer and he's our second top goal scorer. Yeah. Granted, he's not he's not being played in the right position, but at, at the moment... We're, we're playing with the fielders as centre back and all at one point. So with Celtic, you, you play anywhere you're told, isn't it? So that's that's the way my lineup's going. But I'm going to move on to a new bit of the show. Now this might be a bit of a surprise to the two of you, or at least one of you, anyway. I'm going to do a quiz. <laughs> just something fun, fun the end oh. of the show. Okay, so <laughs> it's just between it's between yourself and John, mm-hmm. and it's it's just it's five easy questions and. Whoever wins just wins. That's, that's I'll, I'll decide that's easy. I'll decide that's <laughs> easy. Right, so <coughs> if you're ready, so if you, if you just want to answer the question, just chirp in first, then we'll we'll go with your first your yeah. your your first answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll start with which club was Lubo bought from? Oh, oh what is the Marseille? I know miles off. Go ahead, John. It's over to you. I feel it was in France. No using Google, by the way. John, I'm off that computer. No, no. <laughs> I'm doing this no, on my phone, I mean, so I... there's no chance I'll be doing Google. I'll probably come off a Skype call if I've done that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. I, I think it, I'm, I'm, I'm like France. Uh-huh, I think I know. I think I know. Does it start with a B? Is it Bastia? No, it's a, it's, a, it's a German club. I'll give you that. Right, so I was a mile off because I thought, I thought he came for like a Slovakian side. Oh, I thought he came for France, no, so... That was a while ago, though. Did you skip off on this one? Aye. Uh, right, so it was Duisburg, MSV Duisburg. Yeah, I've been here on it. Aye. Moving on to the second question. What was Martin O'Neill's first signing at Celtic, or who was Martin O'Neill's first signing at Celtic? Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon, I want to see Neil No. Chris Yes, Chris Sutton, so that's Francis one then. Yeah. I was gonna say it, but you beat me. It was a toss up between the two of them. <laughs> and I had a feeling it was and no one. We'll move on to the O one, O two season now, and at the moment Francis is one 0 up. So which Celtic player scored two goals at Ibrox in the O one, O two season? The stunned <laughs> side. I know. Go for it. Larson? Nope. He's a midfielder. Uh, Thompson? Nope. <laughs> one, 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 one more guess. I've just thrown out names there. <laughs> People are going to be wondering, is this actually a Celtic podcast? <laughs> I know. Uh, no, not Nakamura. How could it be Nakamura? I know, he only scored I'm one just, that was I'm against... I'm glad I just threw out names. Uh, you used to get this easy then. Oh, no, you played for Aston Villa. Well, he went to leave Celtic for Aston Villa. I'll give you that. Petrov. Yes. Was that you, John? So that's, that was uh, John, I. Come on. Right. When was Celtic Football Club founded? 1888. Frag, frag out there first. Uh, yeah. ah, that was the easiest question ever. That was the easy. This was easy. 
So at the oh. moment, it's 2-1 to Fra. So this is the deciding question. If you get this right, Fra, you win, as you just did in cool. the first, <laughs> the first uh, answer. <laughs> so in terms of the trebles Celtic have just completed, how many in a row was completed? Four. Yeah, there you go, Fra. So you've won our first quiz, and your prize is absolutely nothing. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> no, baby. Enjoy when Bragging right. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy winning I don't the know first. I thought the Lugo question. I was looking at these questions today, and I was going, "I wouldn't have a clue." I was mean, like, uh, "I'll try them anyway." But you've won our first quiz, and you hopefully get to keep that record in future podcasts anyway. But thanks, thanks, guys, again for taking a part in the end the self end the self podcast. No that problem. was yeah, a fantastic episode so thanks to you John and thanks to you Francis and no doubt again you'll be on the future Yeah, as we cover we covered a lot of topics today and it'll be up on YouTube and Spotify soon John's going to sort that out for us so in the meantime everyone who's following and watching stay safe, stay safe and keep well, heal, heal.